be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back. This is Sequel Failure, the series where we analyze why some movies never got a sequel. My name is Oversized Body Part Dave, and joining me from the illegal casino is Weirdly Shaped Body Part Eric. Hoo ah, hoo ah. Is that is that this movie? Is that my good It's that all right? the movies. I, I couldn't I couldn't watch this without thinking about that constantly. That, it's like the style of acting that he was doing. Oh my god! Yeah, we'll get into it. But uh, in case you're wondering, we're today we're talking about the movie Dick Tracy that came out in 1990, directed and starring and funded probably by Warren Beatty. Yeah. What's your history with this movie? I think I probably first saw the. Definitely didn't see it in theater. I probably saw it maybe on like VHS in like I don't know ninety four, ninety five or something. Mm. And and it was. I remember when I. This is probably the first time I rewatched that probably since then. Yeah. And I remember just like being like I remember so little of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten yeah. how many like create like it's stacked with actors. Oh my god! It's, it's absurd. And and the list of people who were going to be in it is even longer, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure I saw it in the theater because that was about the time that I was working in movie theater. And, you know, comic book movies were kind of rare. They, they they hadn't really done too many of them yet. It's brightly colored. and I even, so I worked <laughs> It's brightly this, colored. I, I like flashy, this, shiny yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Bling. Um, I worked at this uh, summer camp, this uh, day camp for kids when I was in high school. And that was the summer this movie came out. And we had, like, one of the days we had a costume, you know, everyone show up in a costume thing. And I, I think it was Dick Tracy theme for the movie. Because oh, weird. I, I remember I came as the blank, you know, no face. And one other kid did as well, except that my, my version was I put a stocking over my face, right? I didn't have the knowledge or ability to make a cool-looking skin mask. Um, but the other, the kid that did, like, like they did their, their mask looked exactly like the thing in the movie. So I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll just take this off and go home now. Um, so someone's mom helped them. Yeah, exactly. So the, the movie was big enough that we did something like that. So yeah, as I said, it came out in 1990, directed by Warren Beatty, who he hasn't directed too much. I thought he directed more, but he, his big ones were like Heaven Can Wait and Bullworth, which he also starred in both of those. And he tends to write the things he directs as well. Except he didn't do that. He didn't write this one with a budget of forty-seven million dollars. What do you think it makes? Ooh, forty-seven million. Uh, probably not too much more. Maybe fifty-eight. A hundred and three. Whoa. Yeah, and fifty-nine international. So no sequel. <laughs> so I, I, I was reading some of the Wikipedia stuff, and they were Disney. This was a Disney. Well, this was originally a Disney movie, but then they they shuffled it off to Touchstone because it was. Too sexy, essentially. The, there was adult themes. Madonna's naked in it, for, for crying out loud. Jeez. But Disney wanted to do a franchise based on this. And I think from what I could gather, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. But it just seems like Warren Beatty's a dick to everybody. And that's why they've never made a sequel. Like, there was some lawsuit about the rights to the characters. And there's this other, like, he's he still owns the rights, I think, to make the movie. Because in 2002 or something, he he 
quote made some a, a TV special with the characters. I don't think it ever aired or was even made, but he did enough work to allow him to keep the rights. Hmm. So Disney wanted to make sequels. They came into this looking for a franchise, and then it just seems like Warren Beatty and the rights, and a lot of people just didn't like working with him on this movie. And he still has the rights. And in 2011, he said that they're planning for a sequel, but he wouldn't give in any more details. And here we are years later. more than a decade <laughs> later. Yeah. Okay. So the IMDb synopsis is the comic strip detective finds his life vastly complicated when Breathless Mahoney makes advances towards him while he is trying to battle big boy Caprice's united mob. All I can guess in this movie or in this, it, well, based on the, it's based on the comic strip. All I can guess is that whoever created the comic strip just named these characters after they had drawn. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like they just were doing sketches and doodles. They were like, okay, well, this one's little face or big face. And this one. Yeah. Flat top. And flat top. And prune yeah. Face. Prune face. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dick Tracy's played by Warren Beatty, Breathless Mahoney slash the blank. Uh, they never named her in the uh, IMDb. We always called her the blank. I don't know if it's no face or something. Is Madonna. Uh, big boy Caprice is played by Al Pacino and my God, is he acting the shit out of this movie? Oh, I know. I, you know, I, I've heard that he. I remember. Uh, I've I've seen him before talk about how he he's just like baffled how this movie wasn't like so like how it's not still talked about today and how it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. He he lo- he loved. And I think this this might be like one of his like favorite portrayals. Like he he threw everything into this. I mean, I was actually having fun every time he was on the screen. Oh yeah, yeah. He and so so much so that he actually I, I saw that he designed the character like all like the the director and the um costume and and like makeup and wardrobe and stuff they all designed every other character except for this Pacino one cuz he had full control over it. Interesting. And it kind of it kind of just looks like for instance like the the exaggerated puppet version of Al Pacino, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I I read that the character which is from the strip was based on Al Capone who of course Pacino sort of played in Scarface. Mm-hmm. But some, some of these things are just like, like the Paul Sorvino's, uh, yeah. a big, big lips or whatever. <laughs> uh, lips manless. Lips yeah. manless. Yeah. It, it was, was just, disgusting. Oh man. So disgusting looking. The kid played by Charlie Cordsmo, who would, uh, star in hook the following year. And that, that kid, like as soon as I saw his picture, I was like, Oh yeah, that's the kid from hook. I mean that, that kid ruled the nineties, man. He was in everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like even later in the late nineties, he like he was in a bunch of like teen comedies, like uh, Kill. I was it Can't Hardly Wait or Yeah, Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, I mean, I don't know about Rule of the Nineties. He's he's only has eight acting credits. Well, Hook, and then <laughs> I mean, he he was sort of like this. Oh, hook. What about Bob? That's right. What, what about Bob? I'm, I'm telling you, dude. This guy, like he. Yeah. Well, Bob. What about Bob's? Well, that's that's what year is that? Uh, Ninety one. That's what, okay. Yeah. So I mean, this kid was in a lot of yeah. big. Influential movies in the 90s. We have uh, William Forsyth, awesome, as Flat Top. Glenn Headley as Tess Trueheart. Dustin Hoffman as Mumbles. And Dick freaking Van Dyke. I forgot he was in this. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Wow. Yeah, he's the DA. Whoa, that blew right? my mind. Yeah. It was his voice. I didn't recognize I kept, his face. I kept, until I I kept seeing this guy and be like, I, I, this guy looks familiar. Who is yeah. this? And then, yeah. <laughs> I don't I never and, even uh, bother to look it up. The uh, piano player, 88 Keys, is Mandy Patinkin. Which, dude, I laugh so hard at his his portrayal in this because it's like <laughs> at least 80% of his acting this was, I could I feel like they used to reuse the same shot over and over again of him just like sitting at the piano, like panning his head and looking <laughs> shocked. Like, it was yeah. just, they, they had that shot over and over again. 
And it's weird because he's sort of this like nondescript character the whole time. And then at the very end when – or near the end when the, the crime is going wonderfully and like he's just like – he's doing this weird laugh. I want to hang this on my wall. I got to hand it to you. 88! Your people did it. They got Tracy out of the way. Keep him out of the way. Boys, we're back in business. Like what? What is that? <laughs> I, I honestly, when I was watching this, I thought some other thing on my computer was making noise. I was like, "What? What is this right. stupid laughing?" And then I was exactly. like, "Oh, that's coming from him!" Like <laughs> he, he's never done that in this movie. Like why is he doing that all of a sudden? And that was not like a character trait they had put in like earlier in the movie. He's just no, doing some weird just, laugh in the boardroom. All of a sudden, yeah. The uh, music is Danny Elfman. Wait, okay, yeah. I mean, it's. First off, there's so you could tell they took so much from Batman '89 in this. Oh God, yeah. It's like the matte paintings and like the the music, especially. I mean, the music honestly seemed like they just had recycled some Batman music, especially when it's like him like jumping through glass or like it's like sort of that like bum 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 bum. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. In fact, they they originally wanted to get Tim Burton to direct this based on Batman, but he didn't. He didn't do it. I think. Oh yeah, I think. He was the first one. I, I, so many people in the trivia just hated Warren Beatty. Uh, Elfman said I, I, Warren, yeah, I didn't, Warren I didn't was hate insane. Him in <laughs> I know, like, hated him as a person to work with. Oh, oh, okay, then that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Danny Elfman said Warren was insane. Gene Hackman turned down the role of Lips Manless because he couldn't bear being directed by Warren Beatty again after Reds. Sean Young was originally cast as Tess Trueheart, but she was fired after a few days of filming by Warren Beatty. Afterwards, she accused him of firing her because she wouldn't sleep with him. It's things, just, are not, things are not looking good for Warren. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. but, like, well, I, I saw that because wasn't he dating Madonna at the time? He was dating Madonna at the time. And then there was like, then I heard some story about like he he like proposed to her or something, and she basically said no, yeah. or like didn't even answer it. <laughs> and then he just tried. Then he like tried to pretend like it was a joke or something. And said then, it, yeah, it was just a friendship ring. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's one of those guys where, so he was an actor. He was a big time actor before my time, like 60s, 70s, whatever. Like, and yeah. he was so big, you know, that like he just always heard his name and he was in, but then like he just sort of disappeared. He like did this and then nothing else until like Bullworth that I heard of or, or ever saw. I don't know. And they said, well, I mean, based about, on how many people, how many people hated him, I'm yeah, so right? sure he didn't get forced out of the industry. <laughs> exactly. They originally wanted to give him the iconic uh, hooked nose of the character in the comic strip. But then they were like, they did some tests. They're like, what are we doing? We're just, we can't put makeup on Warren Beatty's face. <laughs> but it's, it's also really weird how some people have these weird, like, deformities of their face and stuff like that. And other people don't. Yeah. It's, is, there, mean, is there any of the police off? It's, it's all pretty much the mobsters that look like that, right? It's all the bad guys that have the, the stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's so weird. But yeah, so then the look of the film is, as you said, it's, it's got that cartoony look like Batman did. And every time they pull back, or every time you see an exterior of the city in any capacity whatsoever, it's a matte painting. Which, th- th- yeah, they, they did that more for this than they did in Batman. And I actually yes. think that kind of worked. Yes. And they did it even more cartoony. Like you can tell yeah. it's not trying, even yeah, trying yeah, to be yeah. photorealistic. But they do this great bit where in one of the transitions, they they pull back, they zoom out from a spot where some characters are leaving a building. 
and they zoom out to sort of a, a view of the entire city as a matte painting, and then they they pan over and zoom in on an, on another scene. Yeah, and it they, they I know it looked pretty seamless. It looked, it, it, what it did, cool. yeah, and it was like yeah. I said, they 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 used what was it, only like eight colors or something for the entire movie. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 like All yellow, red, like yeah. Everything, everything that was in the, yeah, in the comic strip, like black, white, yeah. like, and then like a yeah. primer, yeah, yellow, red, blue. I have to say though, when you try to translate the the freakish figures that arguably are amusing in the comic strip to actual people in a live action show, it is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know there wasn't there wasn't enough prune face in it for me. Mm. That's the best one. So the kid who doesn't get a name until he gives himself one at the end of the movie is sort of the through line through this whole thing. Yeah. We start with him. He he watches a, a gangland slaughter and then he goes home because he's been, you know, he's a street urchin. He's been stealing stuff and begging all day. And he goes home to this dude who beats him and takes his stuff. And somehow Dick Tracy finds him. I, I'm not sure how that happened. Dick Tracy bits the evil, ever loving crap out of the guy, breaks <laughs> yeah, his yeah. shack and then takes the kid home. Oh, dude, there was a stupid like speed ramp in this because you could tell that what was Beatty was probably like 45 at the time he filmed this or something. And sure. so like the, the fight scenes were like there were all these like weird speed ramps. In oh, yeah. <laughs> to make them seem like they were normal speed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, and we're introduced to Dick Tracy. He's at the opera with Tess. His watch phone goes off and he has a conversation. I'm like, dude, you're at the opera. Take it outside or put it yeah. on mute. Yeah. <laughs> but then... It's his, you know, of course, it's the cops calling saying they've found this slaughter. He's like, all right, I'll be back. I'm like, he'll be back. Sure enough, he drives to wherever the slaughter was, does a little police work and drives back and he's, the opera's still going on. I'm like, do you do anything? And like, was this slaughter right next to the opera house? Like, what the hell? I want to know if the uh, Tess Trueheart character is like that in the strip where <sighs> she seemed kind of like sort of an independent, take no guff yeah. kind of woman. Yeah, which I, also, it was great. It was great. I mean, yeah. she was great in this. Like, yeah, that was good. Like, her arc was that she likes Tracy, but she's not like going to wait around forever. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And he finally, for all of his bravado and fighting ability, he can never uh, bring up the gumption to ask her to marry him. He can't even say the words. You know, I know that's hilarious. When they're when they're all in the uh, diner watching him, that's <laughs> the kid yeah. and, and the, the, <laughs> the uh, shop owner. Yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, Breathless Mahoney is a singer in Lips, what is it? Lips Manless's Club. And I I know this is dumb and doesn't mean anything, but for some reason it bugged me that she wasn't using a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> what's what's this supposed to be? This is supposed to be like the 1940s? 30, 30, or? 30s, yeah. 30s, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They would have had they microphones. They have microphones. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 And you're like, I don't know how big the club is, but you're just not going to hear her more than. You know, Madonna, people, man. Everyone's going to hear her. Yeah, right. She's got her I had forgot, scary. I had forgotten just how much of Madonna we see in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so at, at, at some point, she's changing after a show, and, and Dick Tracy comes in, and she comes out from behind her little changing thing, and she's wearing a see-through black thing, which you can clearly see all she has on is underwear, because you can just, just nipples. And I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. a Disney movie? <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, I I heard that uh, when they were doing rehearsals for this, she flashed Al Pacino. Yeah. She opened up her coat and she was completely naked underneath. And then uh, Al Pacino says to this day, when when he's an old man, and if you ever see a smile on his face, he's thinking back to that moment. Yeah, <laughs> like <what> the, <laughs> it's a little creepy. <laughs> so Big Boy kills 
lips manless. And he does it in this, you know, super over the top gangland way where he puts him in a box, pours concrete or cement over him, and then drops the box into the river or something. I don't know. Again, it's like, I don't know if he's going to die from suffocation first. I guess that's probably first. But then is the thing, is the cement going to dry? Is it just going to get washed away? It's, it's all very sloppy. I don't know. But that whole thing comes back near the end of the movie. And now he wants Breathless to sing for him because he's taken over all of Lips's stuff and his club and everything. Oh, dude, when, when Lips is like eating those clams in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, or the oysters. Oh, oysters. it's so, so disgusting. Yeah. It's, and you can tell there's nothing in there. He's just like sucking down water out of these like, right. like oyster shells and it's just so gross. And even, even uh, Breathless, she sits down and she's like... Do you mind if I leave? What? I get sick when you eat. You didn't used to. You didn't used to be a Zeppelin. You used to like watching me eat. It's like no one, no one at any point liked watching you eat. <laughs> Until you got the plastic surgery to be a freak. Yeah. I know. Is there any There's got to be some sort of explanation on why these people all look like this. If everybody else looks normal. I know. I want to know what like the... Was like flat like top had like a like an anvil dropped on his head or like <laughs> oh oh there's a different origin story for each yeah exactly <laughs> like lips is you know god only He's knows the, the joker origin story <laughs> like the burned face or something i don't know who knows right, right. prune face was too too long on the uh yeah tanning bed <laughs> exactly but the, the, um, uh, the small face i was reading to get the small face effect they just put a kid yeah that's hilarious in the big head suit <laughs> All right, oh, sure. That's so great. You see, that's the kind of thing that like we're, we're missing these days. With uh, like, they would have just CGI'd that and shrunk someone's face down. Yeah, yeah. And then, so when Big Boy takes over the club, he is hyper involved in the song and dance routine. Like he's he's Bob Fosse level. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, you're the head of a citywide criminal underground. He always wanted to be a song and dance man. I know. You, you might have more important things to spend your time on. So the, the kid plot is that he's – Tracy wants to take care of him and he wants to, or he wants to take him to the orphanage, but he, the kid doesn't want to go back there. So he and Tess have to look after him, but the kid keeps jumping on the backs of cars to follow Tracy to wherever he's going, which actually turns out to be good because he saves his life once. And then, you know, eventually it's like, okay, the, him and – Tests are going to get together, and now they have a kid already, and it's all a big happy family by the end. Uh, I'm check, I'm checking out the uh, you know that like like the wiki like fandom.com or whatever like where you like mm-hmm. and there's like wikis for like all the different yeah like so this one's this one's here on Dick Tracy Jr. the kid and the, yeah. under the under the likes section character information likes food from every garbage can <laughs> <laughs> and he likes uh, he likes being called the kid. And then, and then dislikes of being put in the orphanage, Steve, the tramp, not giving him any fried chicken. Jesus, man. <laughs> Could you be any less creative with these? It's like, Oh my God. That's funny. What about breathless Mahoney likes Dick Tracy? Uh, he, no, it says, da- yeah, it says dames, even Tess at the end being called the, yeah. He, he like also likes thefts formally though. He doesn't like thefts anymore. Right. And there was that whole montage when they kind of get him cleaned up and get a new set of clothes and then just take him to, and like he finishes eating something. He's like, when do we eat? When do we yeah, eat? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was kind of funny though. It went yeah. on a little too long, but it was good. Yeah. A little bit. And they, uh, they, uh, I mean, that must've been fun for him to do those montages. Cause it's just him eating a bunch of <laughs> shit. James Conn is in this. 
So we get an Al Pacino James Con scene, which is fun. Yeah. Which yeah, there's an Al Pacino James Con, and then then there's a like, well yeah, they're in scenes together. But then also, I mean, uh, Charlie Car- Corsmo is in this with uh, Dustin Hoffman, who they're together in Hook. Right. Yep. I don't think they're on the same screen at the same time, but no, possibly not. Uh, yeah. So Dustin Hoffman plays uh, what Mumbles? Mumbles, and it, it's it was it was really. I mean, he's pretty good at that. I mean, he like he's just literally mumbling, <laughs> and you can kind of understand him, but not really. Like if you know what he's saying, you can hear it. Yeah. If you don't, it's yeah. And so there's this funny bit. They bring in Mumbles in the beginning to try and find out who's doing all the crime, or who, who shot everybody, whatever. And he's doing the moment. He's like panicking. He's like, I don't know. Yada, yada, yada. And the poor uh, stenographer is like, I, I didn't get any of this. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But they pull this trick where this weird, what, like dog or cat shaped. It was like a, water, it was like a polar bear. A polar bear. Yeah. Like a polar bear water fountain. Where the water comes out of its crotch, which is hilarious. Yeah. But then that turns out to also have a tape recorder in it. They, they pull so, the head off and there's a tape recorder and, and they're yeah. like, because they keep telling Mumbles, we're like, we're going to tell, uh, you know, what's, what was Pacino's character? It was uh, Capri. Like, yeah. Big boy. Caprice. Caprice. Like, we're, we're going to tell him everything. You're going to tell, we're going to tell him you told us. And then Mumbles is just kind of laughing. Like, no way. Like in a sense, he's laughing. Like, there's no way you guys can even understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. But at the end, they, well, they, they play the tape back to him and slow it down saying like whatever he was saying. When it's slowed down, it's intelligible. Want to tell me who set me up, huh? You want Big Boy to hear that? (laughs) What do you think, Mumbles? And then he just starts speaking normal again. Like, oh, that was, yeah, that was all an act. (laughs) Yeah. Like he also had like a weird, like crooked face. Like his, his jaw was jutting out to the side. Yeah. Mouth is pointing to the left. Two of big boys. Henchmen are um, itchy and uh, flat top. Flat top is great because he's William Forsyth. But Itchy was just getting on my nerves. He's just oh, one yeah. of those, uh, the, the character, whatever they would said to do, like these verbal tics and voice just was like, get out. Dude, the little face is just so creepy. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of yeah. it here and it's just, it's just so weird. Because it, 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 like, even though it's a kid's face in there, it literally looks like an old man. <laughs> yeah. like they just put a ton of prosthetics on it to make it look like an old man. Yeah. And he, he honestly looks like a pumpkin, like a pumpkin head. <laughs> so throughout the movie, so. Um, at the beginning, when they're investigating the uh, Lips's murder, Tracy finds Mahoney's earring. I don't know how he found it. It was beneath a floorboard. He just knew to to stick some tweezers down there and pick it up. And so he knows that she was there. And so the rest of the movie, he's trying to convince her to come out against Big Boy so he can finally put him away. And she keeps coming on to him, like <laughs> in some of the more awkward ways I've ever seen. 
surprisingly, Madonna had some some great lines in this with uh, mm-hmm. when because they like uh, mumbles. They're 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 before like to before they give them the water out of the polar bear. They're they're making them sweat by putting these intense lights on them. Yeah, and they're they're dehydrating them yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. sort of like dangling <laughs> water in his face. And and then later, like Dick Tracy's talking to Breathless and he's trying to get her to like you know confess to about Big Boy. And he goes, uh, he goes, you know, it's legal for me to take you down to the station and sweat it out of you under the lights. I sweat a lot better in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) And so eventually she, she manages to kiss him. And that's of course, right when Tess walks in and sees it. Breaks, breaks old Tess's heart. Yeah. And then she just runs off to her mom's house. Yeah. And, and then leaves the kid who's just sort of like, bye. Like, right. Leaves the kid with the cops. Yeah. And the, the orphanage lady comes by and that was weird because. Yeah, I guess she was she was leaving, and then in the same shot we see the orphanage lady walking up to the police station. Which I don't know why. There's a lot of coincidences in this movie. Yeah. And she she comes in. She had a weird look on her face and mannerisms. I'm like, is she just supposed to be mean orphanage lady, or is she bad? Like I couldn't tell, but it just turns out she was just mean orphanage that, lady. <laughs> that character was not fleshed out at all. <laughs> no. But but the character lingered on her enough to think maybe she should have been. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What well, what did I see that there there's a this, the movie's four, one hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Because that's what, uh, like, I think it was like Jeffrey Katzenberg or somebody was like, whoever was in charge of Disney at the time was basically like, it has to be 145. And so uh, I guess Beatty, like, begrudgingly cut it down to that. But it, somewhere there exists, like, a 215 cut or something. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if Nurse Ratched gets a yeah. more <laughs> screen time. And then when, when the kid is back, is at the orphanage, he's eating the gruel that they're they've given him and it like that's the one thing he doesn't like to eat everything else in the movie he just scarfs down and this is the one thing he spits back which it was great later when when him and dick tracy get back together and they're sort of like catching up on each other's lives now that the kid's back at the the uh, mm-hmm. orphanage and they're but they're both lying to each other how's the food good how's the food at the orphanage it's good <laughs> he's like because he's in he's in jail yeah, exactly. He's, he has your food in here, food. and he's yeah. like, it's great. <laughs> that was good. That was a nice moment. Yeah. At some point, the cops put a bug in Big Boy's office. and Not so much a bug this, as they just like weirdly drill a hole in the well, seat. Right. They drill a gigantic hole and stick a <laughs> microphone in there. And for some, I was a little bit confused because like as soon as that happened, then all of a sudden they're arresting people left and right. And I thought, wait, did they just like – go upstairs to the office and it's just like lay out where all the crimes were being committed. And that night they arrest everybody. But I guess that was supposed to be over a period of weeks that these arrests were happening. It just seemed like it was all the same night. Right. So the DA is dirty and there's this, there's this really, I mean, it's a really beautifully shot scene, but it's terribly written where big boy and his two cronies are walking and they're just silhouetted in the moonlight and they're walking towards somebody we don't see yet. And as they walk up and the camera sort of pan, you know, uh, booms down or whatever, you know, and he's, he's yelling at him saying something like, what's the matter? We're not paying you enough money. Don't tell me about my boys messing up the Tracy rubout. They were being tested. They flunked. Now they're just flunkies like you. I don't care if Tracy puts one and one together. Don't matter to me. You're still working for me. You're on my side. You're not out. You're not out. When you are dead, then you are out. You are mine. I own you. And then as as the scene unfolds, we see that it's the DA. And then we see Mahoney in the in the foreground waiting in the car for Big Boy. Yeah. It's the sort of 
most on the nose way of say, saying showing that the DA is in the pocket of Pink Floyd, like yeah, just yeah, yelling yeah. it to him. So, I. <laughs> So this character, the blank, appears, and it's Breathless Mahoney in a in a skin mask, which is really creepy. I'm not sure what her plan was. That, I mean, that that was obviously like a, a, a like a male stunt person in that. Well, yeah. the, the, like the build and the shape was completely different from. Oh yeah, and the like the and they were wearing gloves and stuff, trying to hide. Yeah, yeah. but in the voice, they did like a voice thing, and 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 it was in the trivia I saw that the voice sounds exactly the same as Leia. In uh, Java's Palace. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't. It didn't click with me until I saw that. I was like, oh yeah. I mean, I wonder if they use this. Yeah, I probably just use the same effect. Right. I, I assume Madonna wasn't even on set for the days that they were shooting the the blank scenes. <laughs> like, it's probably yeah, not even yeah. her voice that's being modulated. So she, what does she do? She does a couple of things to inconvenience Big Boy, but then she traps Tracy and knocks him out with knockout gas and then murders the DA, but frames Tracy for it and leaves him sitting there in the room with the gun. And I'm like, I don't know what she wanted to do, what, what her, her end goal was. She actually saves Tracy like twice from big boy. It's, it's unclear to me what her, what her motivation or plan was. I think she just wanted, well, at the end she says that she just wants to basically just wants to be with Dick Tracy. Like then why set him up for murder? Uh, maybe it was to, to draw out the, the bad guys so that Dick Tracy would go after. I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah, I it's yeah. Yeah. You're right. That doesn't make any sense. So he gets boosted from prison or jail by his cop buddies. And then they, they set off on a chase to, to get big boy. And some, somehow, even though he's an arrested con, not convicted yet, he's still waiting trial, but he, an arrested uh, murderer who's not out on any official way. He manages to get all the police to surround big boys casino <laughs> and then have this immense firefight that should have killed, you know, dozens of people and it should have killed Tracy. Cause he's just standing out there in the middle of the street and they're just shooting Tommy gun after Tommy gun at him, but he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And they know that they've got tests and they're still firing a thousand bullets at him. But uh, big boy escapes with tests through this like mining car thing under the city out to a drawbridge and he ties Tess to the drawbridge gear and the Dick Tracy shows up, they have a showdown and then Mahoney shows up as the blank gets shot by big boy. <laughs> Doesn't even do anything useful. And then Dick Tracy throws big boy over the side of the thing down into the pit with the gears and finally gets Tess off of it like inches before her head was going to get crushed by the gear. Yeah. It's such a weird ending. It is. It's such, it's such a nineties, eighties, nineties, like comic ending, where it's just like, it's just so abrupt. It's like, well, they stopped the bad guy. That's the end of the movie. Like we don't need to go any further. It's like his, his crime is over. Yeah. So while Dick Tracy's in jail, although of course the criminals are going on a crime spree at one point, there's somebody dancing on the table at the casino and there's like two girls on the, floor looking up at him and dancing and one of them is clearly nancy travis and she doesn't she's not listed anywhere for this but it's like i freeze framed it on her face it's like that's clearly her (laughs) there's there's also a bunch of there's like there's some other weird like uh i mean kathy bates is in this movie oh really yeah that's funny i saw her name listed just because she's james con didn't have a bigger role in this because he was going to do misery with her but uh she did what was it the wasn't she like the court stenographer like the stenographer or something oh was she yeah mrs green assigned to record dick tracy's interrogation of mumbles that's she was confused by the criminals incomprehensible speech yeah that was uh kathy bates and then uh colmini is one of the the street yeah i saw colmini that was great they just were grabbing everybody to put them in this movie there's very few people that are like not somebody in this movie yeah the scene where where uh, Breathless Mahoney's 
topless, essentially. She walks out, and right right as she walks out, you, you can see her breasts. And then she, like, picks up a bottle of champagne and a glass and walks towards Dick Tracy. And then it's like, you never see a nipple again because either her hand or the shadow is covering that area. <laughs> I Believe me, I tried. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's, uh, what's the rating on this? Like, PG-13 or something? There's no way this is, like, a rated R. No, it's not R. Yeah. PG, <clears throat> even. Whoa! They're like, yeah. I mean, that's that's the parental guidance there. It's, it's yep. like you might see a flash of Madonna's nipples. Everybody see Madonna. It's it's that's yeah. It's like who's not seen them? Come on, we're not gonna we're not gonna rate this even harder than it is. <laughs> oh, let's see what else. Madonna was just paid thirty five thousand dollars for being in this movie. I mean, she she kind of had somewhat of a role. I, she, she had this major role and it's like, I guess, and that's the thing is there's so many big names in this. I imagine she, they all took she a pay was cut. dating Warren Beatty at the time and it was a favor. Yeah, exactly. Oh, John Landis was originally hired to direct, but this was when his Twilight Zone case was happening. So he didn't have time to do this movie. Oh, dude. Okay. So uh, one of the club Ritz patrons is Bing Russell. Who's that? That's uh Kurt Russell's dad. Who was also oh. like a famous actor from like, okay. probably back in uh, Warren Beatty's days. Sure. There's a deputy on Bonanza and like Robert and the Magnificent Seven. And oh, it looks like uh, there's a Karen Russell as a dancer, too. I don't know if she's related. Probably. So Dick Van Dyke was only on the show for three days. And then in the scene when Mahoney shoots him, he broke his shoulder. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. And that's so that's funny. So that we that's the scene. Apparently, that's the take that we see in the film. And and I watched because I, I kind of read this before I saw that scene. And when I watched the scene, I was like, Wait, he just like falls, she shoots him, he falls down, kind of half hits the bed and then goes onto the floor. I'm like, I don't know how he broke his shoulder there, but maybe it's because he hit the bed or he hit the nightstand. Yeah, yeah. But then he like hits the floor and like settles. And I saw no like painful reaction or anything. I mean, they, they cut away kind of quickly after he stops, but it's like, if I broke my shoulder doing that, I would have probably <laughs> not done that well. Dude, oh, well, have you seen that, uh, that time, like Mission Impossible, the like, when I think the last one or maybe the one before? Where um, Tom Cruise is jumping from roof to roof, and he broke his ankle, and then oh, he just he just kind of keeps ho- keeps running, but he's kind of hobbling. <laughs> then they yeah. they had like then they were like okay cut, and then they they had to shut down for like three months because he like legit like legitimately just broke his leg or his Jesus. ankle. Yeah, you just you power through it. I mean, I'm sure it's like the adrenaline and shit. You're right acting this and scene you, out, getting thrown around, and then yeah, yeah, and like one of those things in in the back of your head is like. Okay, if I if I fuck this up right now, I have to do the scene again. Exactly. Yeah, you're like I'm almost done. Just just lie here in, in pain. Yeah. And um, Beatty had an accident too when he jumps off the roof onto the. I saw that. Yeah. You know what's yeah, so funny? He like, cracks his head on it. Yeah, because apparently, like a reporter asked him, like, "Oh, did you feel bad for the stunt person who hit themselves doing that?" And he's like, "That wasn't a stunt person. That was me." <laughs> yep. It, I, I was so shocked at how much that that because po- he jumps from like a second story building onto like a light pole but it's like mm-hmm. you can tell it was like just built for the production because it's like supposed to be like an old-timey light pole and that thing fucking rocked back and forth <laughs> <laughs> it was a stunt yeah this movie was nominated for seven oscars it won three for best song best art direction and makeup kind of makes sense yeah the um the songs the original songs that mahoney was singing were written by sondheim well that's kind of cool yeah it's, it's good to be Warren Beatty when there, you know everybody so yeah. in freaking Hollywood. And that's the most Oscars that have been written by a movie based on a newspaper comic strip. I mean, what else has there been? Dennis yeah. the Menace? <laughs> Dennis the Menace. The Shadow. 
The Shadow. What else? Um, there's got, there's actually probably been quite a few. Um, oh, wasn't there? Uh, Frank Miller did one because after, after after uh, Rodriguez did the Sin City ones that Frank Miller kind of helped him with, then they gave Frank Miller the. Oh, well, I guess yeah, yeah. The spirit. Yes. Isn't he a comic? This uh, I newspaper think so. One? It, but you know, also we're forgetting the, oh. the biggest, most famous one, the Adams Family. Oh, sure. Uh, the Phantom as well. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> that purple costume that he's in. Yep. <laughs> Dennis. Yeah. Dennis. Oh. Dennis. Dick Tracy. Garfield. It's not Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How how could Bill Murray not get an Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after all, it was written by the Coen brothers, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Heathcliff. Heathcliff the movie. Was there uh, one? Jeez. Uh, I think it was animated, though. Yeah. Little Abner. Oh, God. That movie had to have been back in the 60s or something, right? Uh, there was, like a, yeah, 1959, and then yeah. there was, like, a 1971 TV film, Little Orphan Annie. Oh, Annie, of course. Yeah. And that, that thing probably won some Oscars. Oh, there was, there was a, a, there's been two Marmaduke movies. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Peanuts movies. Yeah. There was a 2015 animated, like a, like a computer animated one. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Phantom. Yep. Yep. Popeye. Of course. Popeye. I mean, yeah, there's actually, yeah, as I told you, there was like a ton that we're forgetting. There's, there's so many on this list, but something I've just never heard of that I'm just skipping yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. No, uh, Mary worth <laughs> movie no. starring no. Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Rest in peace. All right. Anything else? Um, no. Did you, did you ever get to that season of The Simpsons? It's probably it's probably after you stopped watching it, maybe in like eight, season eight or nine or something. Oh, I went through twelve. Okay, then you probably saw it the, with uh, where where um, Flanders. You find out Flanders' backstory of his beatnik parents. Yeah, yeah. we've tried nothing, and we're all out yeah, of ideas. exactly. <laughs> but then they've got that they've got that video. I always laugh at this, and every time we said we were going to watch this, it made me think of this. They got that like old timey video of showing like uh, Flanders before, like when he was a little kid and before the treatment and how he's like mm-hmm. rambunctious and like crazy and he's running around the classroom and he, he grabs one kid <laughs> yep. and he, he goes, Wee, I'm Dick Tracy, bam! Take that prune face! Now I'm prune face! Take that, Dick Tracy! Now I'm prune Tracy! Take that, Dick Dad, stop it at once! Stop it! He's <laughs> like, that I was thinking about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. All right, what do you rate it? I, you know, I give it a seven. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually like it's. I think that the cool thing it's got going for it is like the comic strip stuff, the, the the colors, the tone. I liked Tracy's interaction with the kid and and uh, and Tess. Like that whole subplot mm-hmm. was good. It, it's in fact actually, I, it's like the, it's an hour and forty five minutes. The last twenty minutes drag for me. And yeah. it, it, it's but the the world building up into probably like, you know, an hour and 10 minutes in or something is pretty good. Yeah. I gave it a six. Uh, similarly, like I, I was enjoying it. It was there was parts that dragged. I think the parts, the early parts with the kid dragged for me because I felt like they were going to get stereotypical. But then the kid turned out to be an interesting character. So I thought it was OK. Yeah. But yeah, the world building, the visuals are amazing. Here, here's the problem, and and, and it's the, we know it's a problem, and even Warren Beatty knew it was a problem, which is apparently he he was so worried that they would never make another one of these that he put every single villain in there. Yeah, because he just wanted them all to be seen and on screen because he was like not sure if they, he would ever get to make a second. And so, I mean that that sort of it was just too much, too gangster story heavy a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
And then they killed all of them off. <laughs> it's like, well, now you're screwed if you don't need a sequel. You yeah. got no gangsters left. Although there is, you know, 80 years. Well, I mean, characters uh, of Dick Tracy to play big, big, big boys. Uh, he, uh, he ties off screen, man. He's, yeah. he's thrown off the clock tower. He it's like, it's back. like Emperor Palpatine. Somehow he survived. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did not. I'm sorry. Those movies. don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So IMDB gives it a 6.2. What do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to say 65%. Oh, nice. 64. Which isn't terrible. It's, it's, I mean, it's a 1990 comic book film. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing back then. Yeah, it has an interesting, weird tone, which is sort of like Batman 89 on steroids. It is. It's, lit- it's literally like the, the, you know, you take out the whole Superman, like 1970s Superman series, because that's sort of, that's in its own weird genre and, and like, yeah. you know, storytelling. But it's like 89 Batman sort of reinvented the whole idea of comic book movie. And this this is like the next one after that. Right. And so it's there's there's a lot that they like copied from Batman that worked. But then they also just tried to do their own shit on some other stuff. And it just was too much. Yeah. And it's sort of like Batman and Dick Tracy are somewhat similar in that they have this weird weird rogues gallery of crazy criminals weird rogues gallery but also like they're like a bachelor and like yeah and and then there's like there's like the you know the like the love interest and yeah (laughs) yeah because is it what isn't the the second batman it's like it's it catwoman's like coming after him and trying Mm -hmm. to get with him but he's also got like vicky vale and like oh i mean vicky vale's not in the section oh she's in the oh yeah she's in the schumacher one the no, Vicky Bell's in the first one. Is she? 89. Yep. Oh. Huh. Michelle Pfeiffer. I, I, all those, all the, those first three movies blend together for me. And then Nicole Kidman is in the third one. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's never... I don't think those four movies had any sort of love triangle. There's always just one love interest. I mean, if you count Drew Barrymore <laughs> as... Uh, was I, it Sugar or whatever? Oh, sugar yeah, Sugar and Spice. And spice. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, Tommy Lee Jones has a love triangle with Batman, doesn't <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Debbie Mazar. Debbie Mazar. Yeah. I forgot that was her. Yeah. All right. Here's a haiku for you. Well, we got to talk. Well, we got to talk about how, did we talk about how we fix it? Let's do it. How how do you fix it? Um, I, you know what? Give me, give me a little bit less of the, all the mobsters. I want Mm -hmm. like maybe three of them of like the, the big named ones. Mm -hmm. And then give me a, give me Dick Tracy doing something a little bit different on the side. Like, you know how like yeah. all those detective movies, there's always like two crimes that are going on simultaneously. Oh, okay. Like give me give me a like a he's got the B plot of the kid, but I feel like you could also sneak in the kids helping him with some other crime or something, and you know, like how Fletch has one story, but then he's got to go to do exactly thing. something yeah. something sort of like that. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just too much. A whole lot of like you know, I felt like I was watching like a bad 1940s like gangster movie. Where you're just like, it's all just a bunch of scenes of like, like we're going to get them, and then like machine gun. <laughs> like, I, I feel like 20% of this movie is just machine gun footage of just <laughs> yeah. people standing there firing off a machine gun or driving by with a machine gun. And the other thing is, it's like, it, it seemed like Dick Tracy doesn't really work a shift. He just like yeah. shows up to do police work whenever he feels like it and then spends the rest of his time at the diner with Tess. But they also kind of allude to how shitty he is as a detective because they're like, he's this a is terrible the, detective. They're like, this is the fifth time you've busted Big Boy without any evidence. He keeps doing that. 
his whole, his one shtick is just basically being like, "Go bring in Big Boy. We're gonna we're gonna shake him down for evidence." It's like, yeah, but you yeah. never find anything. They bring in Mumbles for no reason. They bring in the two like Flat Top and Itchy for no reason. Just uh, Dick, Dick Tracy has down. has the the boys in the lab like dust the the, the walnut <laughs> shells for prints. The walnuts. Yeah. Fuck. And and it was like, and they were like we didn't find anything. Walnut? It's like, <laughs> then what was the whole point of the walnut? <laughs> Oh my god! And that, you know, okay. So if you could get fingerprints off of walnuts, then why didn't I guess maybe because Big Boy was eating them with gloves on about it, or gloves or something, or yeah. Oh god! You like walnuts, don't you, Big Boy? I love them. A lot of people like walnuts. They're good for the liver. Yeah, but they're bad for the brain. You're sloppy, Big Boy. You're under arrest. Get him out of here, boys. We got a nice place for him to sleep where they don't serve walnuts. There was some hacky dialogue in this, but it's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like the the new, the Batman movie where they just crammed too many villains into it, which is yeah. a common refrain. You know, yeah, just take take maybe Big Boy and a couple others, flat top. Well, and, it's like, okay, Big Boy kills Lips Manless, and then he yeah. blows up Prunefit. It's like, there was just too much like inner gangster oh, right. stuff and that's, going on. I forget James Conn's character, but when, you know, he brings all the oh, that's what, yeah, It was James Conn's character that, that he yeah. blows up the car. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, uh, we all got to do this together. And James Conn's like, no, I'm out. And he's like, okay, fine, you can leave. And he goes out and the car blows up. It's like, did he know the guy was going to leave and say no? Uh, yeah. Or what if he, he says, just, okay, I'm, I'm in it with you. And he's like, oh, right. we, we need to go sweep your car real fast. <laughs> Hang here for a second. <laughs> but, but although that's another Pal Pacino movie with an exploding car. Yeah, exactly. Funny, yeah. Poor Apollonia. Yeah. Apollonia, no! <laughs> Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, she's great in that movie. Yeah. I know English. Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, what would you do for a sequel? Oh, I mean, they kind of ruined it there by having everybody involved. Um, yeah. And I hate I hate that trope of, like, bringing back. Like, how, how like, T- yeah. TMNT for the first two was the Shredder. Like the shredder, and then they brought back the shredder. It's like, why? Mm. It's like, give me somebody else. Like, you <laughs> yeah, can't bring and I guess back Al Pacino. There's decades of criminals in the comic strip to, to draw from. It's just, I mean, yeah. that's easy to do a sequel. You just pick another villain and do it again. Yeah. But then it's like, what's the story? It's like, they're just going to go after Dick Tracy again. It's like, because they're already yeah. doing crime. And and the B plot is all sewn up where he's you know trying to get with Tess and he's got a kid now or whatever. He's already gotten with her. The kid's already like you know Dick Tracy Jr. Yeah. now, and then they've already beaten all the crime bosses. There yeah. really was nowhere to go after. This. They they painted themselves into a corner with this one. Yeah, I know. Kathy Bates comes back as the court reporter. <laughs> she she was she's actually crazy. the true. She was the true faceless or blank face yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and then she'll break someone's leg with a sledgehammer. Exactly. All right, anything else? Nope. Wrap it up. Crime and guns and dames. He's a cop who bends the rules. That chick has no face. That chick has no face. And with that, thank you for joining us on this episode. For more podcasts like this, check out everything over at neozaz.com. You can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook, Twitter, and Gmail, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>